Welcome to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the October 4th, 2023, 192nd edition. Always broadcasting from the Solmark Studios along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. Coming up, it's Mansfield news, sports, and conversation. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mansfield ISD to install weapons detection systems at all district high schools. The trash recycling transition continues. Got junk? It's that time of year again. Upcoming event promotes our city's history without books or a test. In sports, week six of high school football is in the books. And in the talk segment, Steve celebrates Hispanic Heritage Month with Mariposas de Mansfield's Jay Sanchez and Natalie Rivas. We are Mansfield's only source for news and conversation. This is About Mansfield. Are you ready to create unforgettable memories? Picture this, an enchanting event venue nestled amidst breathtaking landscapes with panoramic views right here in Mansfield. The Grandview Event Center is the perfect setting to bring your vision to life. From intimate gatherings to large-scale extravaganzas, the Grand View has flexible spaces to accommodate any occasion, be it a wedding reception, corporate Christmas party, or community gathering. Book your next unforgettable experience at thegrandviewmansfield.com. That's thegrandviewmansfield.com. The Grand View Event Center, where memories are made and dreams become reality. Book your event today. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Councilman Brent Newsom, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by the Grandview Event Center. Following school board approval of the Evolve Express Weapons Detection System in August, Mansfield ISD will be installing the screening units at all high school campuses in October. Evolve's technology will offer an added layer of protection to the district's multidimensional safety and security program. MISD has assigned specific doors at each campus where both students and campus visitors will be expected to enter the building, allowing everyone who comes to campuses to be screened during school hours. Everyone who comes through the system will be asked to remove laptops from backpacks so they don't set off an alarm. Some common items like umbrellas and eyeglass cases can cause an alert. If the system alerts a concern, a student will be directed to a search area where a campus administrator will search the flagged location. Student identification is still required to enter the building. Students who lose or forget their ID will be required to go through the Evolve system before going to the ID pickup location at their campus. Visitors will be given the option to agree to a search. If they decline, they'll be asked to leave. Evolve's sensor technology and artificial intelligence system screens students and visitors quickly and effectively. However, as MISD staff become accustomed to the new arrival process, there could be a few delays. 
MISD is asking for everyone's patience as they work to ensure buildings are as safe as possible. The recycling and trash pickup transition is almost complete as the city has changed refuse vendors from Republic to Frontier Waste Services. Over the past month, Mansfield residents have been asked to place their old green recycling bin out by the curb on the normal recycling day and wait for it to be picked up by Republic. Most bins have been picked up, and Republic has been making the rounds through the neighborhoods looking for the lone stragglers. If you're in a hurry to get rid of your green recycling bin, you're welcome to drop it off at this Sunday's Chunkier Junk event, and we'll tell you about that in the next story. Meanwhile, all Mansfield residents should have received a new blue recycling bin from Frontier Waste by now. If you haven't and would like to order one, contact the city's Environmental Waste Department through the main switchboard at 817-276-4200. Again, that's 817-276-4200. Wondering what to do with that old worn-out refrigerator or perhaps your tax returns from 2004? The City of Mansfield is hosting Chunk Your Junk and a Shred Day this Saturday. The events are a chance for Mansfield residents to bring in old, bulky items that are too large to set out for regular curbside pickup or paper products that need to be shredded. The event takes place on Saturday, October 7th from 8 a.m. to noon at the Environmental Collection Center on South Wisteria Street. The cost is free to Mansfield residents with proof of residency, such as a Texas driver's license or water bill. Accepted items include box springs and mattresses, car batteries, furniture, scrap metal, and similar items. The collection center will not accept propane tanks, chemicals, electronics, motor oil, and things like that. For a complete list of what's acceptable and what's not, head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the links tab. It's a fun annual event here in Mansfield. It's only its third anniversary, but it's it's gaining popularity. Third anniversary makes it pretty young, but the history of the event goes back to the 1800s. We're talking about Founders Day and the Founders Day Festival. And with us on the phone to talk about it, from the Historical Museum in downtown is Jessica Baber. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Thank you very much. Tell us about the Founders Day Festival, when it's going to happen, and and everything it encompasses. Absolutely. So this Saturday, that is the 7th from 10 to 4, is going to be our Founders Day Festival. It's located at the Manhouse Museum at 604 West Broad Street, Um, and it's going to be a really, really fun event. Uh, We're going to have all kinds of historical demonstrators, that's people you know, in historical costumes from the, you know, late 1800s, um, doing activities that people would have done during that time period. So there'll be a blacksmith, a potter, um, people doing like spinning and weaving. Um, there'll be people doing, you know, laundry and all kinds of different things. Can I, can I bring uh, a load of clothes with me? You can, but you will have to wash them yourself. Ah, there's something that uh, my grandfather used to be really into, and that's stamping leather. And, and I see that on the list. Absolutely. Yes. We've got um, leather, like a leather working station where um, we've got like keychains that you can make with the, you know, museum's logo on it and people showing you how to do that. There's just lots of other activities. We've got like an old-fashioned telegraph set up um, as well as like games on the lawn. 
Um, there'll be dance calling if you want to learn how to do kind of an old-fashioned dance. We'll be doing that. And then there'll be, you know, music and food trucks and all kinds of fun stuff. I attended the festival the past couple of years. You've had some great live music. Is there anybody that you want to mention in specific? Uh, yeah. So this year's band's called Jenny Mack. And they'll be playing all kinds of music for us. Yeah, they're going to be really great. And of course, along with this, people will be able to take tours of the Ralph Mann House. Is that correct? Yeah, all day. They'll be, um, the house will be available for people to go in and look around to talk to some of our volunteers that we'll have in there. Um, and so, yeah, they'll, if you haven't been to the house before, uh, if it's been a while since you've seen it, uh, I think that you'll really enjoy checking that out. And it's really important to mention that this is where one of the two founders of our city used to live. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Ralph Mann and Julian Field were business owners in town. They opened the Manifield Mill, which is sort of the first claim to fame for the community, and the town was named for them, yes. So this is the Ralph Mann House, which was built in the late 1860s, 1870s um, for his family. And it's been open as a museum for the last three years. Give us the details again for Founders Day Festival, and uh, we'll see you out there. So this Saturday, October 7th, from 10 to 4, uh, will be the Founders Day Festival at the Manhouse Museum. So please come and check it out. What's the cost to get into it? It is absolutely free. There is no cost. Jessica Baber, thank you for being on About Mansfield. Thank you. And as the song goes, one is the loneliest number, unless it's a win. And we'll talk about it, because sports is next. Imagine a city where innovation knows no bounds, where dreams take flight, and the future unfolds before your very eyes. Welcome to Mansfield, a beacon of growth and a testament to vision. In the heart of Mansfield, A remarkable transformation is underway, but it's not just about the physical landscape. It's about the spirit that drives us forward, a spirit of collaboration that bridges cultures, a spirit of entrepreneurship that fuels prosperity, and a spirit of community that binds us as one. Mansfield is more than just a place. It's a canvas where diversity paints the picture of progress. From art festivals that ignite creativity to tech hubs that redefine boundaries, this city celebrates every voice, every passion. Mansfield, where growth knows no limits and the vision is limitless. Brought to you by the unstoppable spirit of the Mansfield Economic Development Corporation. In sports for the five Mansfield ISD football teams had the week off, leaving the lone spotlight on undefeated Timberview, taking on Birdville in front of a homecoming crowd at Newsom Friday night. Senior quarterback Zurich Humes was in his usual attack mode as Timberview logged 574 total yards, including 233 of them by air, connecting 20 of 31 pass attempts. Backup junior quarterback Kaysen Capaletti got into the act, going one for one in the air, completing a 28-yard pass to junior free safety Landon Blair. Humes proved himself as not only a quarterback, but also as a rusher, chalking up 78 yards and 13 carries, including three touchdowns. Birdville went into the locker room at the half with a 21-14 lead, but the second half was all Timberviews. They scored 26 unanswered points, closing out the night with a 40-21 win, increasing their record to 6-0. While the other four teams had the night off last week, the Wolves have their week off this week. Games on tap this week include Thursday night, Lake Ridge hosts Dallas Skyline at Newsom. 
Summit hits the road to Midlothian Heritage. Friday night includes Legacy and DeSoto going head-to-head at Newsom, And your Mansfield Tigers play at Cedar Hill. Taking a look at the highs and lows around the state this past week in the far east Texas, Beckville downed Hawkins 92-12 in 2A ball, while Round Rock McNeil nipped Cedar Park Vista Ridge 7-6. And finally, the biggest goose egg in the state, we head to far west Texas, where Alpine routed Tornillo, or Tornillo, depending on where you're from, 74-0. If you have a comment about the show, the news, or whatever's on your mind locally, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever's on your mind, you can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938. This coming Sunday, October 8th, is National Clergy Appreciation Day, which reminds us to recognize the work of ministers, pastors, fathers, priests, In the United States, most congregations take up a special offering on this day to bless their pastors. Others use the entire month of October to find different means to bless the leaders with meals, gifts, and even paid vacations. As an individual, there are several ways that you can show your appreciation toward your clergy. Tell others. Tell them how much your church leader does for the congregation and let your pastor overhear you. Volunteer. Churches offer more opportunities for volunteering than just about anywhere. Don't wait to be voluntold. Pray for your clergy. It should probably be in the first slot, but it seems so obvious. How about writing a note? Thank your minister for being an excellent leader for his or her compassion. Thank your clergy for the work that they do. Being a pastor or any other type of clergy member has its good days, and yes, it also has its bad. Yet all leaders need to be recognized for their work and effort. We've had many men and women of the cloth right here on this show, and thank you to each and every one of them. For blessing our city. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. I'm Angel Biasati, and we're hosting Safe Treats and Healthy Streets. We'll talk about it in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Have you ever wondered what does a realtor do all week? Wonder no more. I'm Beth Steinke, and I'm going to pull back the curtain and let you peek in on a week in the life of a realtor today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will have you craving a new margarita experience. Halloween is just around the corner, which means lots of spooky events are coming up here in Mansfield. We'll talk about them with Tim Roberts in the cultural arts calendar. We are Mansfield's only source for news, sports, and conversation. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. This portion of the news was brought to you by the Grandview Event Center. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. 
Congratulations to Robin Becker, who was the first person to correctly answer last week's Mansfield trivia question. In what year did the Mansfield Historical Museum open? According to the Museum and Heritage Center website, the Mansfield Historical Museum was opened by the Mansfield Historical Society in 2003. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. At Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, we've been caring for our home team for over 15 years. Today, you'll find award-winning physicians on the medical staff, advanced neurosurgery, a level three trauma center, critical care for newborns, and comprehensive orthopedic care. Methodist Mansfield, delivering the care our friends, neighbors, and home team depend on. That's community, and why so many people trust Methodist. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and are you ready to make your voice heard? Want to bring out your ideas to life through captivating conversations and engaging visuals? Look no further than Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio, your one-stop destination for award-winning audio and video podcast recording. Equipped with cutting-edge microphones, crystal-clear audio recording, and high-definition cameras, we're here to turn your ideas into engrossing content. But it's not just about the equipment. We're dedicated to bringing out the best in your content. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we're here to elevate your podcasting game. We'll even help you with intro music, transitions, voiceover, and that professional polish that sets your podcast apart. So whether you're into interviews, storytelling, or simply sharing your expertise, Podcast Mansfield can help bring your podcasting dreams to life. Visit podcastmansfield.com. Podcast Mansfield, we're creating your podcast masterpiece has never been easier. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now, this very second, right here, right now, time for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice. It's brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Colleen? Let's get to this week's question. Well, Steve, fishing is available at several Mansfield parks and open to the public year-round during regular hours. Ponds are stocked throughout the year with crappie, bluegill, and catfish, while the ponds at Oliver Nature Park, Rose Park, and Chandler Park are stocked with rainbow trout. Those who are casting a line over the age of 17 must carry a valid Texas fishing license. This week's trivia question is, how much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under the age of 65? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, how much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under 65 years of age? 
Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm James Sellers, CEO and founder of Salmar Corporation, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Angel Biasati has news on an upcoming trunk or treat event that could save your life in Methodist Mansfield, news to know. Angel, join us at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center for safe treats and healthy streets, a unique community event that combines the fun of Halloween with vital health and safety initiatives. Methodist Mansfield's pharmacy director, Steve Knight, tell us about this unique event. Thanks, Angel. The date is October 28th, 2023, from 2 to 5 p.m. at Methodist Mansfield's Women's Center entrance parking lot. Here's what you can expect. Trunk or treat Halloween celebration will include a costume parade for the youngsters dressed up in their favorite costumes for our festive parade. We will be giving an award for the best costume. We will also have trunk or treat where citizens can visit decorated car trunks filled with treats for the little ones along with a Barbie van. Families can enjoy crafts, games, and entertainment for all ages. We will also have gun safety awareness and education, along with free gun safety locks while supplies last. There will also be a learning station where you can learn how to stop the bleed. Free Narcan training and Narcan kits will also be available to eligible participants while supplies last from the City of Mansfield Fire Department. Come learn how this life-saving medication can reverse opioid overdoses. And most important, you can bring your unused or expired medications for safe and anonymous disposal during the event. That sounds like fun, Steve. You better believe it, Angel. Safe Treats and Healthy Streets is more than just a Halloween event. It's an opportunity to come together as a community, celebrate safely, and learn about critical health and safety topics. Whether you're interested in festive fun, Narcan awareness, or responsible medication disposal, this event has something for everyone. We really look forward to seeing you there. Thanks, Steve. At Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, we believe in fostering a healthy and connected community. Safe Treats and Healthy Streets is an opportunity to come together for fun, education, and safety. We can't wait to see you there. Register at MethodistHealthSystem.org backslash Mansfield Safe Treats. That's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. I'm Angel Biasati, reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Realtor Beth Steinke shares details on a week in the life of a realtor in the Mansfield real estate market update. Beth? It's a rare opportunity to drop in on another profession and get a bird's eye look at what happens in an average week. And I'm excited to invite you in for a little look on my life as a realtor. As for any fully commissioned salesperson, a lot of upfront work is done in the hopes of being paid eventually. And real estate is no different. I like to think of it like this. I wake up every day unemployed and have to get busy to earn my paycheck. So in the spirit of full transparency, I opened up my calendar from this past week, and I'm going to take you through my life as a realtor. I hope you find it interesting and enlightening. My work week starts on Sunday afternoon, where I spend a couple of hours working on the content for the podcast. That quiet time really allows me to focus, and I've just found it's better to get it done and out of the way before the insanity of the week takes flight. 
on Monday mornings. First up is the R&B meeting. That stands for Roger and Beth. This is where we sit down, talk through all of our upcoming items for the week, set our priorities, delegate tasks between us, and then hit the ground running. Immediately following, I do a quick market analysis on all of our active listings. I call showing agents who maybe haven't left feedback from their showings over the last few days, then put together individual videos for each seller going over stats, market movements, and what we have to do and what we have done to get their home sold. Roger does the same thing for all pending sales for our buyers and sellers. From there, we roll right into our weekly office meeting where we learn about industry issues, contract changes, and get training on the challenges in the marketplace. It's also a great time to interact with our Mansfield colleagues and catch up on all of the coming soon listings and buyer needs in the office. This particular Monday, the office had a meeting after the meeting to begin the process of planning our annual gratitude event for our clients held Thanksgiving week. From there, I rolled over to a new construction neighborhood to meet a buyer, talk with the sales staff, and tour some model homes with her. While back at the office, Roger refined a few of our back office systems to make sure all of our processes are ready for 2024, as we expect business to increase significantly as interest rates drop. We are getting ready. I went straight from the model home over to the podcast studio where I laid down last week's segment. Steve is such a great editor, I just fumble through and he makes it sound like I do it in one take. In the afternoon, I had a call set with a buyer, yet another Californian considering Texas as their new home. Surprise, surprise. Spent some time working on an offer that came in on one of our listings. This one was owner financing, so it was a little bit tricky, taking it slow so we didn't want to make any missteps that our seller has to live with for the next 20, 30 years or more. More on this one later. On Tuesday, we did some video work at one of our Mansfield listings, invited some colleagues to come and film as well. I think we had about 10 agents viewing and videoing the house for a social media blitz. Great house with some cool features, but the best one, in my opinion, is that it's over 2,700 square feet on a single story. You can check that out on TikTok. Then headed to my office for a collab with a colleague. We're working on selectively adding an agent or two to our growing teams. While Roger drove out to Granbury to welcome a buyer to the area and congratulate her on her new home, she had a remote closing the week before, so she finally made it to town. Lunchtime had an opportunity to meet with a local builder, talk about his latest project, which we hope to list in the coming days. It's an amazing 6,000 square foot home in Mansfield. Had another Zoom meeting with real estate colleagues all over the country about growing the team and getting their priceless insight on how to do this smartly. Success leaves clues, and these folks are the best of the best. In the evening, we had a listing appointment for the sweetest family in Miralagos that's looking to make a move into a custom build, single story on a large lot. Wednesday, typically an admin day for us. Catch up on all the dangling tasks left to be done, get those calls made, make progress on all the things. But I also visited a broker open house with a colleague up in Viridian, absolutely gorgeous, and she knocked it out of the park. Roger did a final walkthrough for a closing that was scheduled for Friday. The appraisal came in on one of our Mansfield listings, and it's good to go. I let the sellers know the good news, and now we're on to closing as scheduled. Lots going on on an admin day. Thursday had an early Zoom meeting with a marketing consultant that's going to help us elevate our YouTube channel. Have to be visible in order to make ourselves an option. Then on to company-wide meeting where we come together with agents from all of our 26 offices here in DFW to get the 411 on all things Century 21 Judge Fight, including company-wide goal progress, monthly agent awards. This month, we were blessed to be recognized in five categories and more industry updates and news. 
After that, headed to another listing appointment for a client who bought last year, and they've now decided they might like to build in a different Mansfield neighborhood. Looks like they may end up sitting tight for a bit longer while their home value grows and revisit it again in a few months. Came out of that listing appointment only to find out that the house that was set to close on Friday failed its plumbing test, so now we can't close. Spent a good part of the afternoon going between buyer and seller working out a plan of attack and executing a closing extension to get this trauma and drama managed. Received several more offers on one of our listings, reviewed and processed those for the seller. This house has been on the market for 30 days, but this was the week that everybody decided to make an offer. We ended up with four. Yeah, that really does happen that way sometimes. On Friday, the plumbers came back with their estimate on the house that was supposed to close but didn't. Turns out there's a leak under the house in the freshwater lines and the sewer lines, just for added benefit. Initial estimates nearly $8,000, so closing will need to be pushed back yet again. Luckily, buyer and seller are agreeable, and we will work directly with the plumber to get it repaired since the seller lives in another state. Shout out to Mansfield Plumbing for hooking us up on short notice and to get this one looked at and repaired. I meet with our accountant every other Friday, but this was an off week, so worked on some items to be ready for her next week. On Saturday, we had a rare day without any outside appointment, so we made a bunch of phone calls to past clients, helping them get positioned for 2024 and beyond, organized some of those pesky piles of papers at the home office. Do those piles make you as crazy as they make me? And we continued to work through the offers received with our seller. She finally chose one she liked, and then the buyer's agent said, oops, I left off some important details. So we really were back to the drawing board. Yes, really, back to the drawing board. So now we're back to Sunday afternoon and working on this podcast for this week, and we just executed an offer for that house, and it appears we may, in fact, get paid someday far into the future even though it isn't going to be this week. This job surely isn't for the faint of heart, the easily stressed, or the overly anxious. But that's just life as a fully commissioned salesperson, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We are blessed to get to do this work. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of October 2nd, there are 129 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. I was comparing that to January of this year, and it is nearly identical. Homes are listing and selling, but days on market do continue to increase, and sellers are having to be flexible with sales price in some cases. There is no amount of marketing that can make up for an incorrectly priced home. I'm also seeing more affordable homes available in Mansfield than we have in a long time, but the interest rates are making the monthly payments quite high for most borrowers. And because of that, buyers want a home to have very few, if any, projects or problems. They want to move right in to a fully neutralized, clean and functional home. Homes with challenges are not on the top of the list for today's buyers. Do you have a real estate question I can answer? Send me a message via email at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's always good as Brian serves up a smoky Mexican classic in the cocktail of the week. Brian. This week's cocktail of the week is the smoked peach brown sugar margarita. If you want to take your margarita game to smoky new heights with this new recipe for a smoked peach brown sugar margarita, make sure you're going to use fresh peaches, brown sugar, pureed peaches, and your choice of tequila. This margarita also incorporates smoked sea salt for an incredible dimension of flavor. The following are the ingredients and step-by-step instructions, but don't worry about taking notes. I'll always be posting them on bourbongospel.com. So for the ingredients, you're going to need two fresh peach slices, a half ounce of honey, 
or agave nectar, a half ounce of brown sugar, two ounces of peach puree or peach nectar, two ounces of a good Blanco tequila, one ounce of triple sec, a half ounce of fresh lime juice, some smoked sea salt, and finally a peach slice and lime wheel for garnish. To make the cocktail, you're going to rim half of a rocks glass with a smoked sea salt by rubbing a lime wedge around the rim and pressing it into smoked salt. Then you're going to set that glass aside. Then in a cocktail shaker, you're going to muddle the fresh peach slices with the honey or agave along with the brown sugar until the peaches are slightly crushed and the juices have been released. Now you're going to add the peach puree, the tequila, the triple sec, and the fresh lime juice. Fill your shaker with ice and shake vigorously until well chilled and diluted. Then you're going to strain into your prepared smoked salt rim glass filled with fresh ice. Then finally garnish with that peach slice and lime wheel. The result is a margarita with sweet, smoky, and slightly savory flavors. The brown sugar adds a subtle molasses note that complements the ripe peaches, and the smoked salt adds a nice bitterness. The peach puree provides a brilliant color and a burst of fresh stone fruit flavor for each and every sip. For an extra smoky accent, consider using mezcal instead of tequila, or add a few dashes of liquid smoke into your shaker. Grilled peach wedges are also a fun garnish. Again, always up to you, but be sure to use ripe, fresh peaches at the peak of season for the best flavor infusion. Sip this smoked peach margarita on your porch at sunset, paired with your favorite tacos, or anytime you're craving a new margarita experience. The combination of sweet peach and savory smoke is absolute margarita magic. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at brian at bourbongospel.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. October is a busy month around Mansfield, and I think you're going to enjoy what we have on the the calendar with us with the Cultural Arts Calendar. We welcome the City Tourism Manager, Tim Roberts. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Oh, great to be back here, right at the start of uh, fall-ish. You know, it's going to get cool one of these days, I swear. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Maybe by Christmas. <laughs> we have a lot going on in town, and uh, it starts this week, October 5th. Let's talk about an open mic. Yeah, open mic night. Uh, they return for their monthly editions at the Far Best Theater. Uh, the first one is Thursday, October 5th, uh, headed up by Mike Gwynn. Uh, really just grew a lot over the last few months uh, leading into the summer that he was doing it. So come and check that out. Uh, you can go to the website, of course, and find out how to be a part of that. If you're a performer, uh, we've had spoken word, guitar, uh, little one-act plays. I think they've had it all. So any talent you've got, they absolutely want to see it there at Open Mic Night. That's pretty interesting because, I, as you know, I'm a musician around town. I've not been to an Open Mic Night at the Far Best Theater. I just may have to do that. Yeah. Thursday, October 5th, first one. And then once the fifth clears, we head into the sixth and uh, the uh, the Fleetwood Project. They're no stranger to the Far Best Theater. No, they're in there all the time and they're back. It actually uh, started in late September, but then their next weekend of their new show, Sasquatch the Musical, kind of kicking off. We have this thing called Haunted Mansfield. It's kind of sure. how we encompass all the Halloween events in Mansfield. So it, nothing too scary here, but a really fun, uh, you know, farcical musical about hunting down Bigfoot. And that's October 6th through the 8th. Uh, 
evening showings on Friday and Saturday, and of course that Sunday matinee. Uh, yeah, you got to love the Fleetwood Project and just all the work they do over there. Sure, they're not uh, they're not strangers to the Far Best Theater, and the other one that's not uh, a stranger would be the Luminosity Theater Center. And they are bringing the absolute classic, Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. Uh, and that's October 12th through 15th and October 19th through 22nd. So two great weekends there of, you know, of this famous thriller. I looked it up the other day. I think it's the longest running play uh, on the West End of all time. So you know it's a hit. Huh. I, I honestly don't know the end. I know it has a twist ending because it's Agatha Christie. So I got I to gotta go check it out myself to see how it all, who actually did the murder this time. All right. Moving into the middle of the month, middle of October, is uh, a recurring event downtown, which which I absolutely love. Let's get into Haunt the Block. Haunt the Block, October 19th, 5 to 8 p.m., and it's going to be bigger than ever. We are partnering together with the Mansfield for the Arts, Visit Mansfield, MISD, HMBA are going to put on a massive event. We're going to have Fox 4 out there live broadcasting, as this is also going to serve as the official North Texas kickoff for Toys for Tots. Mm. So we're combining Christmas and Halloween, a little bit of Nightmare Before Christmas downtown. Going to have tons of trick-or-treating opportunities, of course, the costume contest. And yeah, it is going to be the biggest one you've ever seen. Just heard some more details today. I can't quite put out there yet, but we're talking... A lot of people are going to be downtown. It's going to be an amazing event. Oh, nice. That's October 19th. And then the following day comes a uh, a ghost hunt. The annual ghost hunt. This is probably my favorite event that I get to lead up. Okay. Uh, we're heading over to the Mann House Museum. The Out home. there on West Broad Street. Yep. Ralph Mann's old home, uh, October 20th and 21st. Tickets are extremely limited. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, I mean... Go buy them now if you want them. We are down to low single digits left uh, for how many spots we have. And we just do a, a step-by-step ghost hunt of these uh, of this historic home and all the stories that exist around it. Nice. So people can go around and hunt for ghosts. We have the gear. We have the guys who know what they're doing. I, I, I like dabbling in myself, and we will absolutely have a blast out there. We've done the Far Best Theater in the past, and we've yeah. had people leave with some new stories to tell. Nice. Toward the end of the month, October 27th starts a run of uh, from Music Place Mansfield, one of my favorite uh, studios here in town. And uh, they've are, are t- taken over the Far Best Theater again as well. Yeah, our third spooky show of the month, NPM Studio Theater, is going to bring Sweeney Todd, the high school edition. Uh, that'll be the last weekend of October, the 27th to 29th. And that rolls into November as well, the 3rd through the 5th. So the, the classic slasher thriller musical, uh, the one of a kind for sure. Uh, so you got to go check that one on, on the weekend leading up to Halloween. Sweeney Todd. And of course, to uh, to finish it out, happens every Saturday. Mansfield Farm and Cottage Market at the lot downtown every Saturday, but their big event is on the 28th. Uh, they're actually going to have extra hours. They're going to roll till 2 p.m. Their mm. special Fall Harvest Fest, uh, the biggest festival that they're going to have all year long. So be sure and check them out there. Go out and see my friend Arnie. He usually plays <laughs> guitar there. So uh, uh, that's the cultural arts calendar for October. And that's Tim Roberts, city uh, city tourism manager. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Oh, thanks. And check out the website, mansfieldtexasarts.org, for all the events and more information on all these. We're back in 60 seconds with Steve's in-studio interview with Mariposas de Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. When we all remember the storm that blew through our town back in June that pelted this community with baseball-sized hail, it did a ton of damage around Mansfield, including my own roof. Regular listeners to About Mansfield have heard Paul Duncan's commercial 
officials for Trinity Roofing and Construction. And after the storm, I reached out to him, and boy, am I glad that I did. From the first call to Paul to working with the crew leader, the scheduling department, and the entire construction team, and how it all played out with my insurance company, working with Trinity Roofing and Construction was a breeze. It's easy to see why they're a platinum preferred contractor with Owens Corning with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So if you're thinking on replacing your roof, look no further than Trinity Roofing and Construction. They're a Mansfield-based company, and you can find them on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. Again, that's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Adams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And right now... As you are listening to this podcast, we are smack dab in the middle of Hispanic Heritage Month. Started September 16th, goes for a month. Of course, we are not recognizing just Mexican heritage. We acknowledge the the Hispanic culture, and, and of course, that means South America, that means Central America, that means Mexico, that also means uh, Spain as well. With us in the studio, we have Jessica Sanchez and Natalie Rivas. Uh, first of all, ladies, welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. Thank you for having us. How does this work? Are you both founders, co-founders? Uh, this is where I found you. You are part of the Mariposas de Mansfield. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am the founder per se. Um, we are a nonprofit organization, 501c3, um, but I am the president and uh, Natalie's our vice president. Tell us a little bit before we get into the the Hispanic Heritage Month uh Topics. Let's let's talk a little bit about what the mariposas do. So basically, for a year now, we've been focusing on bringing out the Hispanic community, basically out of the closet <laughs> in Mansfield. Um, we are working on events that help elevate the cultural meaning of the Hispanic culture. Um, we are trying to educate the Hispanic uh, community in Mansfield on basically the resources that Mansfield has to offer and what things they can uh, do to play a part in their uh, in their school district with mm-hmm. their kids. Um, and just basically try to build a bridge that wasn't there before between the city of Mansfield, the school district, um, and the Hispanic community, uh, either because they didn't have a way to connect with them, or the Hispanic community was too afraid uh, because of language barriers or whatever it may be. Okay. You held a big event at the lot recently uh, for, in uh, and again, in celebration and recognition of Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, I was there for a little bit. I, I broadcasted live on the uh, the Facebook. Tell me how the the, the rest of the uh, the event went. Oh, the event was amazing. I mean, we first and foremost we couldn't do it without the backing of the City of Mansfield and Mansfield Commission for the Arts. They have just like welcomed us with open arms from the very, very beginning. Last year, we threw um, three events and this year we did two. And they just have been so ecstatic about what we're bringing to the community. Um, I actually grew up in Mansfield. Didn't really even really realize there was a lot of Hispanic people here. Mm-hmm. But when I started Mariposas de Mansfield, it started as a Facebook group that has over 400 Hispanic people in it. Wow. Um, it started with just women, but now, you know, we have men that have joined as well. Um, but that event was just a, like a benchmark for us, I feel like. It was like we 
our culture is being recognized in the city. Um, the city, you know, did their part and they brought out musical acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Hispanic vendors, which, you know, kind of with that supports um, the commerce in our city. And um, I mean, everybody just had a good time. If you were there and you saw the dancing. <laughs> I did, I did. And had the food. The, uh, <laughs> it was amazing. I saw the the Selena uh, tribute act. She was the first one, the yes. first band to go on. And uh, and the vendors were uh, were excellent. We'll talk more about the Mariposas uh, with events that you've got coming up uh, a little bit later on in, in the interview. Um as I mentioned in the introduction, we're 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 not going to just recognize the the Mexican culture, mm-hmm. uh, the Hispanic culture in general, because uh, sitting here in the room, Jessica's is of Mexican uh, descent, mm-hmm. and Natalie, you are uh, Salvadorian. Yes, I am. So this is going to be very interesting, especially when we get into food, because yes. I don't know anything about Salvadorian <laughs> really? food. Really, um, <laughs> so, but. Uh, Share an interesting fact or piece about your heritage, whether it's the Mexican heritage, the Salvadorian heritage, a piece of your history that someone out there listening may find interesting. I always say... Okay, um, hang on. This is Natalie. She's from, <laughs> Her family's from El Salvador. El Salvador, so just, yes. Right. Go ahead. So I always say that um, there's actually a quote from a poet, poet, but I can't remember it at the top of my head, but there's the reason why I thrive is because of the tears of my ancestors. Mm. So in my culture, in El Salvador's culture, um, it has been a very uh, just negatively portrayed, but actually just a negative background as it is uh, before the show, we were talking about a little bit about the civil war in El Salvador and the, you know, there's so much poverty and um, the gangs and murder homicides haven't uh, been really taken care of until a few years ago. I saw this uh, actually newspaper clipping today this morning that El Salvador has the lowest homicide rate this year than any other place in the world with 103 homicides. Wow. Wow. So, yes. It's so, a little less than the United States. It's <laughs> just a little. <laughs> but seeing that number just, it's... Just all those tears that were shed, you know, um, there's so many movies that have come out of these. Let's go from the beginning. You know, the townspeople land was taken away from the government. Um, Always something political. Right. And uh, these townspeople just had to live in poverty and build mud houses, basically, Mm -hmm. um, and live off the land out of, you know, plants and herbs. And um, that's the starting of it until now you go to El Salvador and there's still some places with these kinds of houses and these people still living in that kind of poverty um, where you don't see the end. Right. So this president is, uh, you know, diving headfirst on the gangs. Mm. And with that, he is able to um, use some of the funds that are coming in to help these people. But all of that is just these people have worked so hard and there are some countries that have literally disappeared um from the map because of uh, genocides, mm-hmm. right? Because the people just couldn't continue going on. So they merge into other countries and um, the hard work of my people and the perseverance and the continuing on, um, you know, uh, trying to put their name out there with um, 
just different things, the food, the music, um, and uh, their, I guess, the their kids, you know, yeah. their kids, just my parents from the very beginning, just pushing me, you need to work hard, you hmm. need to put your name out there, you need to give yourself a name, you need to, you know, you're a Salvadorian. Have a voice. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't hear... El Salvador as a as a vacation destination. Not many people, in fact, I don't think anybody yet that I know has ever mentioned, is it a safe place to visit? So that's actually funny you mentioned that because yeah. El Salvador this year has become one of the number one vacation spots in the no world. No kidding. Wow. Yes. Um, they are a national um, surfing location. So huh. they have surfing competitions over there. And that has always been a thing with their waves, um, their coasts, and uh, this, just the surfing um, associations that go out there. But this year, uh, you've just seen an uprise in the people trying to vacation over there because it is so safe. I actually have visited El Salvador quite frequently um, in the past decade, probably every few years. Mm-hmm. And you could see the difference from, I mean, like 10 years ago when I went to visit. And just being told, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, even oh. if it's in Spanish, because you can tell your accents, you know, um, tattoos, wear long sleeves, um, because if you see, you're see you seen with a tattoo, you're going to get arrested for being a gang ma- member. Don't wear clothes with writing on it, just different things that we had to do when we went out there. And then two years ago when we went, we were given freedom to roam. We went up volcanoes, we went up we went out to the ocean by ourselves that we would just get dropped off and do anything we wanted. And it was crazy because my mom had never seen some places that we went to because they were closed due to gangs. Wow. Um, the gangs had taken over. So I do recommend El Salvador. If you want to go somewhere where it's safe and you won't be in danger, <laughs> now it's the time yes, now it's to El go to El Salvador. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jessica, your family's from Mexico. Yes. A- again, the question is, uh, do you have a fact or a trivia or something about uh, the Mexican heritage, again, that our listeners maybe uh, uh, find uh, interesting or fascinating? Well, interesting enough, though, for me, um, I am what I call a very Americanized Mexican. Okay. Um, so I was born here in the U.S. My parents um, came from Mexico with the main goal that we were going to be American and, um, you know, leaving poverty. Um, so they did leave poverty. But one of the things that I just feel that really I connect with in my culture is the food. Sure. Um, when I think about food, I think about my grandmother. Um, who has, you know, since passed, but she would always every morning have cafe, you know, her cafe, her pan, her pan dulce. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was constantly making sweets and empanadas and gorditas and all types of things. So what I remember or what I really embrace in my culture is the food. Um, I feel like there is a lot of things, even though I joke and I say everything's a taco, just in a different way. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of rich spices. Um, you know, we we spice everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, flavor. The flavor. It's a lot of flavor. And I just, when I think about that, I just think about my grandmother. Like I think of her cooking in the kitchen and, yeah. you know, just... We were so little, just eager and excited and and chocolate and like all kinds of things, right? But that's why I started Mariposas de Mansfield because I wanted to get closer to my culture. I wanted to learn more and not only just on the on the Mexican side, but um, South American countries. Yeah. Um, last year I visited Honduras. 
same thing. I mean, we had security. Um, I went on a business trip, but we had security in Honduras and we could not go anywhere. I mean, it was just scary. <laughs> and so um, I I hope that a lot of the, you know, South American countries kind of start getting a little bit more prosperous mm -hmm. um, because um, South America is a really beautiful place to visit. Uh, Mexico is a beautiful place to visit. There's a lot of beautiful places. Um, we kind of get sometimes the misconception of border towns, um, which are, you know, on the lower poverty level. But once you start getting deep into Mexico, I mean, there's beautiful mountains. And of course, you got the ocean and, you know, the Gulf and things like that. So you mentioned your grandmother. Mm -hmm. Talk about the importance, either one of you, the importance of La Familia. For me, family is just, they're your friends. You know, they're yeah. your <laughs> your family are your friends. They're who you hang out with on the weekends. They are who you call. Um, I don't think I've ever had a lonely day because I can call my sister and call my mom, uh, my dad, who, who has since now retired and he's back in Mexico. But... Um, you know, they'll never not answer the phone and there's always something to talk about. Always. So I think in, in Hispanic culture, family is so important because it's a unit. Um, it, you're a unit, you work together, you thrive together, um, and you build things up together. So let me expand on that just a little bit. Okay. Uh, I Like I said, Salvadorians, um, you know, s struggle to come over here, but it is... Um, seen uh, often where uh, for us, for Salvadorians, we do have the small family, either the mom and the kids, the dad and the kids, mom mm -hmm. and dad with a few kids. And, you know, there's no really extended family. So for me, La Familia goes beyond that. It goes um, community. So I'm really involved in my church, right? And in my church, that's also my family. So when I have a need, um, even something as small as last week where on Saturday I needed a dress hemmed and I, my mom doesn't, you know, she doesn't do that. <laughs> and I just Facebook called somebody from church and was like, Hey, I need help. She's like, bring it in tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. And that's it. Like they're always there. Somebody in the Hispanic community or in my community, in my familia, somebody is always going to know something, whether it's you need, right? Yeah. Like when you're doing renovations in the house, you know who to call for that. You know who to call for that. You know who to call. Like my AC was busted the last week. Yeah. We called somebody and he came within hours, you know? So for me, it's like, like, I may not have a huge family here that can be readily available to me, but I do have a family, an extended family, a community. It and takes a village. Yes, yeah. yes. So that's super important to mention to us Hispanics. We really, really hold that close. Um, I always joke that if you um, have a party or something, people are always going to ask, what do I bring? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's not always the burden on you to go and buy everything, right? Somebody's gonna buy, the, bring the rice. Somebody's gonna bring the beans. Somebody's gonna bring the tortillas. It's that teamwork, and I feel like that's seen all around in the Hispanic uh, family. Oh yeah, we had mm -hmm. my daughter's quinceanera um, three years ago now, and we get padrinos, mm -hmm. which um, they donate. Mm -hmm. They donate money. They donate items. Um, they help cover all the cost. To Talk about the the tradition of the quinceanera. And for the listeners out there, uh, the, the 15th birthday party yes. mm -hmm. of uh, of a young girl. Talk about the, the rite of, uh, of passage. The rite of passage. So a long, long time ago, it was when a um, 
you would go from a child to a woman. Um, and it was a time that you could get married, you could bear children, things like that. So quinceañeras were kind of that big festival, big party saying you have come into womanhood. Now, of course, um, <laughs> things have changed. And so now it's more of a, you're almost um, for, with my daughter, um, it was more of a pact with God that mm-hmm. she's going to continue her life to continue to live as a Christian woman, and she was going to save herself for marriage and, you know, that kind of thing. So things have kind of changed a little bit. Um, we really don't push them and say they're women now at 15 because we know they're sure. not, right? <clears throat> uh, but it was more of a more of the of that tradition to say, Okay, I'm a woman, but now I have responsibilities and I have to continue this. But you get this beautiful party, you get a big dress. I was going to say, a quinceanera is almost on the level of a wedding. Oh, Mm -hmm. yes. I can't even, I won't even say how much I spent on my daughter's quinceanera. (laughs) (laughs) I won't even say. She's my only one. So she got the world. Let's just say that. There you Um, go. And. When she gets married, she's got a dad, right? So <laughs> it's not going to be me anymore. Uh, in, in talking about La Familia, we when we lived in California, we had neighbors that were uh, catty-cornered to us that the wife was born and raised in Mexico. And, oh my gosh, you talk about Familia. Um, it was almost every weekend they had... They had a backyard party, mm-hmm. and it was the same thing. People brought, everybody brought something, and the, the husband would cook the carne asada, and everyone else. Oh my gosh, she loved making the salsas. Mm-hmm. So, and she always it was her, uh, it was her challenge to try to outburn Steve <laughs> uh, because and did I, she? I, did she win her challenges? She she did all right. Yeah, so. Eventually, the over the years, the the woman kept kept asking us, "Would you please come with us to my hometown in Mexico? I would like you to meet the rest of my family." And finally, we took him up on it. To give you an idea, now, okay, there's Cozumel and there's Cancun and there's uh, mm-hmm. this and this. No, they're they're not in a vacation destination. They're in the mountains somewhere. They were <laughs> from. From Tucson, which was our first overnight stop, mm-hmm. from Tucson, it was 12 hours due south into uh, into Mexico. I don't even remember the cities, but the hospitality mm-hmm. is the one thing that struck both my wife and me. Uh, we arrived at my neighbor's sister's house, and they pl- immediately, please sit down at the dinner table Here's a platter Maybe of food. Yep. Here's a platter of twenty five tacos, rice yeah. and beans, and, and and these were just little. They were mini tacos, mm-hmm. and so between the the six of us that had been traveling, we devoured all twenty five. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's another platter of twenty five. <laughs> I look at my wife. She goes, "Don't offend the cook. Uh, just keep eating. Keep eating." And I said, "But keep I'm full. Yeah. Nah, keep eating." They made 100 tacos. Oh wow. I'm not sure if we finished it, but it was that type of hospitality that we were there for a week, and that seems to be lost once you cross the border. The Everybody talks about you know Southern hospitality, mm. uh, but I don't see what I saw in Mexico 
Let's talk about the food. Now, I mentioned before we started recording this, I'm I'm not familiar with Salvadorian food. So obviously in Mexico, tacos, enchiladas, and blah, 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 blah. Everything's a taco, just in a different way. Okay. No. (laughs) Help me out. Let's start with Salvadorian. What type of food are we talking about? Uh, when you hear Salvadorian, you hear pupusa, right? Yeah. Have you ever heard of a pupusa? I, I have, yes. Okay, so I've it's, never had one. But yeah, I've heard of it. so it's uh, basically a tortilla, a fat tortilla, and inside you have the filling. But you, unlike a gordita in Mexico, where the tortilla is cooked and then after it's cooked, you put the filling inside. Mm-hmm. The pupusa is cooked all together, so the 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 masa, the flour, is raw when you put the filling inside, and then you cook it together. So if the cheese is cooking in there, um, it's all, you know, melty and cheesy. Mm. And the meat, you know, disperses because you put it... <laughs> I'm explaining how to make a pupusa, but you put it when it's a ball, and when you flatten it out, it just disperses. So every bite is going to have a little bit of that filling. Um, uh, there's this... Um, plant called loroco, which is this little green uh, flower bud. And um, that thing, that flower bud, you put it in the cheese. Um, In a pupusa, it's called queso con loroco. And um, queso con con loroco. Okay. Yeah. So that's a very famous uh, pupusa, probably if not the most known pupusa. Um, and then you have, you know, revuelta. You can put anything in there. I've eaten carrot pupusas. I've eaten zucchini pupusas. I've eaten uh, jalapeno pupusa, fish pupusas. They have mm-hmm. everything. If you go to El Salvador, they have like never ending lists of pupusas. Okay. You, you said the flour, uh, the flour tortilla. You start with it uncooked. Yes. So how do you cook it? Do you deep fry it or? No, you you... put it in a comal. You put it in a. um, A griddle. A griddle. Yeah. And yeah, it just cooks all together. And then the tamal that we have is cooked in banana leaves. So um, it's the same um, concept. Well, no, because you guys cook your masa when you're cooking the tamal, right? Mm-mm. No? Oh, together, yes. Yeah. Together. So us, we cook the masa first, and then when the masa is cooked, you put it in the banana leaf, and then you put the filling, the chicken and everything, you close it up with aluminum, um, and you boil it. So mm. it's, for, for us, it's day's process um, to make tamales. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> days. Days, yeah. Days, because, um, I mean, depends. If you're making 100, 200 tamales, um, the amount of masa you're going to use is like two cauldron. Right, <laughs> full, right. And that masa is cooking all day. And y'all's tamales day. are bigger, right? Yes, they're fatter. And, and they have more stuffing. Like a cell phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Like a cell phone and like about, I don't know, three, two inches thick. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to so, eat it with the yeah. fork. <laughs> For Mexicans, you could probably eat, yeah, you yeah. could probably, you have, yeah, you could probably eat up them like three tamales in one sitting, four tamales in one sitting. Yeah, Yeah, for us, it's like one or two. The tamales that I'm used to from Southern California are, you can only eat one or two. When we got here to Texas, it's like, what are these little pencil thin (laughs) things where you could eat half a dozen? Um, You can almost dip them, right? Yeah. I I like dipping them in sour cream. Yeah. (laughs) Am I the only one that does that? No, sour cream is good with them. We're talking with Jessica Sanchez and Natalie Rivas. Yes, the Mariposas de Mansfield. And we will pick up part two next week. 
In the meantime, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and conversation. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free. It's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com. Enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cultural Arts Calendar, Tim Roberts. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.